Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 34 of the Stream Queens podcast, where we review horror films and horror-adjacent films you can stream on the internet. I'm your host, Rachel, and joining me is a Mars made of clay. Mars! <laughs> Hello! <laughs> Today, we're going to be reviewing a movie called The Gollum, um, a movie that... I forgot to write in my TKs here, so I'm going to make something up on the spot. A movie that makes me want to watch their other movie, Jerusalem, which I <laughs> did not expect to think uh, the, at the beginning of this movie. Because I remember when I saw the poster for their the, this directing duo's first movie, Jerusalem, and it just looked like schlock. But after this, I'm kind of like, hey, maybe it'll be good. Uh, but before we get into all that, Mars, can you do me a solid and remind the listeners of our spoiler policy? Our spoiler policy is that we are going to spoil the whole thing. So if you don't want to be spoiled, then you should pause this and go watch and then come back. Um, personally, there's no real twisty twist in this no. movie, but it's still, I thought it was dope. So, you yeah. know, it might be worth it. I, I would suggest that it's worth it to watch it before we tell you how it goes. Agree to agree. No twists. Still good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so how have you been? I've been good. Um... It turned out that shipment that I was doing uh-huh. went early and beat the storm and came back before what? it even hit. Yeah, the but boat survived. And they didn't tell us. So <laughs> this whole time, remember the storm was coming in, so I was tracking it, and it was around, like, yeah. more folk, and I was like, oh, it's gonna, that man's gonna die. That, And I, I don't know why, but I just kept... Because I kept having to say the words tugboat captain, which is not, yeah. like, it's new. I kept imagining, like, a grizzled old man in a blue coat, like, 100%. eyeballing the storm and being like, ah, Poseidon. But, um... <laughs> and, like, and then I got this whole narrative in my head where there was, like, a younger guy who was like, come on, Captain, we can beat the storm. And he's like, ah, this seal take me one day, but not this storm. Not today, Poseidon. <laughs> This but anyway, is, I like this version of it. I'm sure it's like much <laughs> less exciting, but I oh, like yeah. this version. No, I'm sure it's just like a handful of guys who are like, yeah, okay. But anyway, they went down and back like a week early and didn't, I don't know who didn't tell who, but somehow I didn't get that message. Oh, so geez. on the Friday before that weekend, when I was tracking it and it was in Norfolk and I was like, well, I hope they don't go because they're going to be... They're going to be going from Florida to Cuba on the exact day that the storm is going Cuba to Florida. And so, but they were already, they were on their way back up. That's what I was seeing when I was tracking them is they had already gone there, dropped it off, turned around, like just booked it. And they were already on their way back to New York, basically. Oh, shit. Yeah. That's crazy. So I get in on Monday and my manager holds up the folder and she was like, so apparently they left like a week early and nobody, and we didn't, they didn't say anything. And I'm like... Everybody was just kind of quiet, and I was like, did they make it? Is that why they didn't <laughs> hear anything? Right! Because they're at the bottom of the ocean? She goes, You're I like, don't I know. Them to their doom? Like, <laughs> right? <laughs> that's fucking crazy. But they made it. It's there. Congratulations. Yeah, and then my one that's going to Niger left, like, just yesterday or something like that. So. All right. I wait with bated breath to see I if know. it gets hijacked by Somali pirates. God, your fucking job is wild. And paperwork. Wow. And me, I wrote about which Zodiac signs are, are the most into rough sex today. So <laughs> basically we have the same job, I guess is what I'm saying. <laughs> was it Scorpios? Of course! It was <laughs> Scorpios, Aries, and uh, Aquarius. Yep. Yep. Does that sound about right? Because I yeah. pulled it out of my ass this morning at 7 a.m. I, I think like, Gemini probably would be pretty high up there too, but only 50% of the time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, so we are going to be reviewing a movie called The Gollum. Now, this was a you pick. Um, what made you decide on this movie? Uh, it's one of those movies that had been on my list for a very long time that I picked basically because of the the screenshot thumbnail picture. Uh-huh. Um, the description sounded interesting. You know, I don't know. I would like, I think, and I know we say this a lot where sometimes we feel like we're really impressed with the movie, but it's only because we went in with really low expectations. Mm-hmm. But I went into this thinking it was going to be at best mediocre. Yeah. So I was actually pretty impressed. Because mm-hmm. I think that those pictures and the description on Netflix don't really do it justice. But maybe right. that's just because they maybe they do and I just was expecting less. I'm not sure. Maybe. I don't know. But yeah. either way, I had an enjoyable time watching this movie. Very cool. Yeah. I had heard good things about it. 
so I had been wanting to see it for a while. I was really excited when you picked it. And so when there was that first scene, I was like, uh-oh. All right? <laughs> <laughs> but it got a lot better after that. Yeah. That first scene, I was like, oh, I am same, same. Were you like, no, not again? I know. I was just getting like hot and cold flashes of indigenous over and over again. I was like, oh. Oh, fortunately, like immediately after that, it starts like the tone totally shifts. But that first scene is, it is some like straight up sci-fi channel uh, rough stuff. But hang yeah. in there. All right. So this movie is from 2018. It's directed by two Israeli brothers, Doran and Yoav Paz, um, who had previously, as I mentioned before, directed a movie called Jerusalem, which apparently is a biblical zombie movie that takes place in Jerusalem. Have you seen it? No, but I'm I I, really I liked like... it. Oh, you've seen it? Oh yeah. Oh. I like I like it. Okay, so that's actually, that's a good data point for me. So I, because the name sounds terrible. Oh, yeah. No, it sounds real bad. Again, when I went into that one, too, thinking it was going to be awful. But it's, I think it's, I think it's good. I really like it. <laughs> okay. All right. That's good to know. I definitely, I mean, like I said, I'm, I'm curious to see it after having seen this. So that actually is even more fuel on my Jerusalem fire. But that name is so bad. Oh, it's bad. And the cover yeah. of the, the, the cover's bad. It's all bad. But then I was like. This is pretty freaking solid. So now I, and then I read the description and I was like, okay, that's actually interesting to me because something we'll talk about when we get into this is I'm, I really like that it's like a different mythology than that I'm one that I'm more accustomed to because even though obviously Judaism is everywhere, the do dominant culture in America is Christian mythology, right? Yeah. So even though these things exist and I kind of know peripherally about them, digging into this more made it fascinating folk history or full court for me. So, so you know, that, I had that thought too, or when it started getting better after that first scene and i was like yeah. oh rachel's really into some some folklore yes <laughs> you know me so well <laughs> like, dudes hidden in walls and uh scary folklore oh my gosh what those are you those i feel are like types. i just saw another dude in a wall movie and i was like add it to the list <laughs> <laughs> awesome okay cool so um would you mind doing the synopsis for us sure all right okay so the golem starts with, as we mentioned before, not not the most encouraging beginning, no, where it's a voiceover no, no, no. story being told by a woman about how growing up her village was persecuted, and then basically the, the wise old patriarch of the village make, made a golem that murdered everybody. And meanwhile, we're watching a camera pan around a temple? Yeah. Is that what a... As we went over previously, I do not know what the different parts of different religious houses are called. Yeah, I think temple seems right. I think yeah. it's a temple, right? Yeah. So, uh, and it's just, you know, bodies and blood and things and the old, is he a, is he just an old man or is he some sort of holy man? I think man? he's a rabbi. He's a rabbi. I think and so. he's approaching the golem who's backlit. So we're just sort of seeing a shape, a very large shape and hearing a growling and he's trying to calm it. And he's reaching up to its face, and there's a little girl who's decided she's going to murder. I, okay, of all the things, okay, I need to add something to the list of stuff we need to retire from movies. Okay. And right. that's the whole thing where people in movies are like, as a weapon, I'm going to hold this bare shard of glass that yes, cuts into my agree, hand. Agree, agree, agree. This is some bullshit. First of all, the minute, every time, every time they have the characters squeeze it and just keep squeezing and there's blood and they're not like, ooh, ow, you know, like I cut myself. They're just like, this is how it has to be. And like, it doesn't no. actually. If I was in that room and I was like, oh, I need a weapon and I saw a shard of glass on the ground, my reaction would just be like, no weapons in here. It would never occur to me <laughs> to slice my own hand open. Or like wrap something around yeah, it if you must. What are you going to do when you stab someone with it? Just slide your hand along those raw edges and slice all your fingers <sighs> off? That's not an advantage. That's not giving yourself an edge over the evil. Yeah. That's just like, oh, look, I made it easier for you to eat me. Yeah. Because now I have no hands on my, or no fingers on my predominant hand. Right? Like, all tendons have left the building. Yep. And now oh, I'm going to bleed to death. I wonder if, if you, when the tendons in your hands cut, if they do like Sarah's do, did and just like zip up. Yeah, I broke my finger once, my pinky finger, uh -huh. and it curled into my palm, and it took two grown nurses to uncurl it. Really? To do the x-ray, because the ten I didn't cut the tendons, I just broke the bones, but the reaction was, you know, because when you break something or when you hurt something, your 
your brain's reaction is to curl it into the yeah. center of your body. Yeah. So it had curled my pinky into the center of my palm, and my palm had kind of closed. Not, you know, not in a natural way, but you know how your palm kind of can crease or whatever. Yeah. So it had kind of creased around my pinky, and it took two grown adults to pull it open again so that they could stretch it and That must have been a fun it. experience to have your oh, broken... Oh, it was a bad day. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, and then as soon as I got the cast off, the day I got the cast off, I was in marching band. I was in the band when I was in high school. Uh-huh. And it was my last day, senior year. Oh, and God. I was walking across the band room. And there's a rule, a general rule. Anybody else who's been in any sort of, you know, high school band or orchestra or whatever knows the rule is that if you're going to leave your music case on the ground, you would leave at least one latch locked. Because if people are stepping over it and they catch it with their toe and it's unlocked, it'll flip open. And then all of a sudden you have twice as much case to try to step over and people fall. Oh, so the rule shit. is you keep it latched so that if someone catches it with their toe, it at least won't flip open and trip you, right? right. Well, someone didn't do that. I was trying to step over a case. It flipped open. So I, no. you know, tried to fall. I was falling forward. And that same pinky went through no. the hole on a locker door that a padlock would go through you oh, know like god. that little oh my hole god and rebroke it no it was my last day of high school and i had just gotten the okay to take the cast off no and it immediately went and it's just like the the order of events like what the fuck yeah that is some like final destination right. for your fucking pinky shit the universe was just like no you are to have nine fingers. That's it. That's all you get. Oh I want that God. tenth one back. Holy shit, that's fucking terrifying. Yeah. Oh my, God. <laughs> oh my God. It sucked hard. Poor Marzi. It was a bad day. That's a and bad it was like day. right at the end of it. So it was that last day of school. I don't know if every high school does this, but it was the one where basically you just show up to every class and your teacher signs your card and then you go home after like three hours. Uh-huh. So it was like the easiest day. All I had to do was walk around all my classes and my teacher signed this card and then leave. And I was on my way out. Like, I had done all the classes. I was leaving the band room to go home and to be like, I'm a high school graduate. Because our actual graduation was like, you know, three, four days later on the weekend or whatever. But it was like, I'm done with school. I'm a graduate. I got into college. I have a summer job. And just immediately snapped my pinky again oh in the weirdest my God. way. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. <sighs> anyway. Said, final destination shit. Okay. I know. All right. So we have retired holding glass with a bare hand. We're like, not doing it anymore. No. It's over. It's been done. It's tired. It doesn't make sense in the first place. I understand why someone went for it the very, very first time ever in any movie because it would have been viscerally effective. But at this point, come on. Yeah. We're we're all adults here. Let's let's be grown-ups about this. <laughs> anyway, a little girl picks up a piece of glass. She's approaching the golem. She's going to I mean, the plan seems to be that she's going to kill it. And then the rabbi turns around or she's she the wood creaks and the golem sees her and um explodes the rabbi in reaction to seeing her. Whoops. And it yeah. <laughs> yep. And that was this was the scene that you and I were talking about that was like not a great not a strong beginning. No, it it feels um very made for TV sci-fi movie. Yeah, it feels like you really feel the low budgetness of this movie. The rest of it I don't think you do as much. There's some we'll talk a little bit about some of the gore, but like um the in this felt very out of step with the rest of the movie. Yeah, agreed. Um so right cuz immediately after we cut to a scene with the main character Hannah at a healer woman's house. And just the framing of this shot and the colors, like, the you know, mm-hmm. the way it was so undersaturated and the lighting. And it just, it was a beautiful shot. And it was a really long shot. You know, it was one of those, excuse me, I burped. It was one of those, <laughs> like, just, it's a very, it's a very moody movie. And there's yes. a lot of time where it's just a lot there's you know no one's speaking there's no music it's just these very long beautiful shots and it was so different than this beginning that was just very i don't know it It, just yeah it contrasted very strangely but it was a pleasant contrast because from there this scene is kind of indicative of what the rest of the movie looks like thank Mm -hmm. thank god yes uh but she's at the healer woman's getting uh vagina medicine of some sort that we learn about later but at the time don't know what it's for i I assumed it was for some kind of exam or something yeah i and then she gets that tonic at the end that the the healer woman doesn't really seem to want to give her right and i thought given the given what the the netflix description of it was being a woman who i think the netflix says she can't 
bear a child or something. And so I assumed it was fertility drugs. Right. Is not what it is. We'll no. find out later. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then the healer woman makes a comment about how, like, it's been seven years, seven bad years. Now it's time for seven good ones. And Hannah leaves and we get introduced to this village. Um, and then we get kind of a a serious Yentl moment where the men folk are in the temple yeah. learning religion and she's under the floorboards also <laughs> learning religion in boy. secret. <laughs> All I could think was like, it's like Yentl, but not <laughs> not goofy. Um, and then we come to learn, because it's, I mean, and I only know this because I've seen Yentl, but there was a time <laughs> when it was not legal for women to be to learn religion and right. to read and stuff like that. Um, and then what I kind of, I, what I liked about this moment is the moment when her husband, who's up in the room learning religion and stuff, looks down through the floorboards and sees her and it's not like, a, oh no, I've been caught. Like it turns out he's in on it. He knows she's down there and he may not be a hundred percent emotionally supportive of it as we'll find out later, but he's at yeah. least, you know, he's not outing her. He's not trying to make her, well, he's kind of making, he's trying to convince her gently to stop, but he's not like, you know, right. he smuggles a book out for her. He does give her a lecture about women not learning magic, basically. Yes. <laughs> and that these books are very powerful and, and stuff, but she just, she wants to learn. Um, we get some more background about how they had a son who died seven years earlier. Mm -hmm. And um, and then we get, this is where I was a little confused. I got on board, but I'm fine. I'm mm -hmm. fine now. But for a while, I thought it was a really long flashback. Because we get that weird cut. Oh, where they're in the water? Yeah, we're all oh! and like and <laughs> how right before that she kind of like is kind of gazing off, you know, kind of wistfully, and then all of a sudden we cut to her sister jumping off a rock into the water. Did you and they're know swimming. that was her sister right away? Uh, I I kind of assumed. Okay, but only because they had that like really underwhelming sex scene, and then it cut to her like jumping naked in the water with this woman. I was like, oh. Oh, yeah, I didn't read it that I was way. like, oh, I thought they had chemistry, so then I felt like a creep when it was revealed to me or Although, you did remind me, I forgot the most patient sex scene that I've ever seen in a movie, ever. <laughs> so, they have some patient sex, yes. and then, and you know, right beforehand, she reaches under the mattress and gets her little bag of ointment and sticks it up in there, and then they have, she's just so patient. She doesn't yeah. even seem obsessed by it. She's just kind of like, and it's just Tuesday. Yeah. It does not look like a very passionate connection that the two of these have. So you can't, you can't totally blame me for when she's like giggling naked in the water for thinking like maybe yeah. a little, a uh, little sense that was happening here. I see it now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> now that I've seen the rest of the movie and know that it, that's not what it no. is, but I can see it now how you, you how, how you I got there. Thought, like the juxtaposition of the two scenes might, like, like you might think that the director was telling you something, but yeah. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I think I was mostly focused on, okay, so this is a flashback and then it just kept going and it just kept going. And like, 35 minutes later and I was like oh no this is the movie okay gotcha and like part of me up until basically the very end part of me was like has all of this happened in the past and that whole scene in the beginning was the present is yeah. this all gonna turn out to be it's a little it's a little unclear I can see how you could have gotten lost in the timeline a little bit yeah yeah up until pretty much the end I was like no okay well that was just a choice then gotcha yeah. uh I did like the part where they see the person watching them in the plague mask. Yeah. It is really eerie. The use of plague mask. I mean, anytime there's a plague mask, I'm immediately creeped out. Oh, yeah. But like, I actually wasn't expecting it. And so I was like, wait, I was having kind of like a, is this the village kind of situation? Yeah. When I first saw the plague mask until I saw like when they kind of come upon them in the forest. But the first time you see that person, he looks like a slasher villain. So I was just, I was like, oh, wait, wait, what, what, when, what year is this? Yeah. <laughs> wait, where, where are we in the timeline? I'm so confused. But yeah. I also found it to be very eerie just the way he was watching him, watching yeah. them. Yeah. Yeah. It almost had a sense, like I almost wasn't, I wasn't convinced at first that he was just a human person with a plague mask on. Mm. Part of me was like, is he some sort of being or something like is he a monster you know is I don't he know. a golem yeah right is he the golem um but he is not he's just 
a Gentile? I don't know if that word is a bad word or not. It just means someone who's not Jewish. Okay. Like you and I or Gentiles. Okay. Yep. I wasn't sure. No, that's that's a totally legit question. (laughs) I mean, I know they say it in the movie, but they say a lot of words in movies that I probably would not say. Correct. So (laughs) I think Gentile is good to go. You're good to go. Okay. Okay. So um, they're walking back. They decide to leave because a scary man's staring at them. And as they're walking back, they come across the Gentiles burying all of the plague victims. And it's gross. And they they are spotted. Um, just like a wall of plague masks staring at them. Yeah. Which I was into. Like, that's the, exactly the kind of, like, visual thing that I enjoy in a horror yeah. movie. Yeah. Super creepy. Mm-hmm. Super effective. Yeah. Very good. Very, very. I was trying to say very good and very nice at the same time, and it came out as very good. Yeah. <laughs> it came out as neither. Remix. It wasn't even, it wasn't even, like... <laughs> Like, you know, when you say a mixture of two words, like, very guys. Oh, I was trying to say good and nice. It just came out as, like, a sound. <laughs> it was like I realized the error halfway through and decided mm-hmm. not to follow. Very guided. Yep. My two last two brain cells. Yep. <sighs> falling falling off of the same stair step. <laughs> anyway, from there, we just go to the wedding, pretty much, right? Yeah. Yeah. So we go to Hannah's sister's wedding. And in the middle of the ceremony, the Gentiles show up with a plague-stricken girl. And I do not remember what this man's name is. His name was Vladimir. Vladimir. The whole time I was watching the movie, I was trying to remember. And I was like, God, it's something like Eustace or Clarence or... (laughs) Eustace! (laughs) (laughs) It's not... Uh, yeah, even no, close. No. It's Vladimir, turns out. It's Vladimir. <laughs> so they show up, they crash the wedding, he dumps their wedding food onto the ground, which was, I honestly was bummed out when I, when I saw this You're two like, guys walking food, up, and I was though. like, no, 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 aw, dang it. <laughs> that looked good. Ugh. There's some olive bread on there. And back in fruit. those days, it took so much effort to make Dude, that much food, It takes you know? so much effort to make that much food now. Oh my god. <laughs> I feel like a saint because I cooked already once today. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So he dumps his daughter on the table and he accuses this Jewish community of practicing magic. And that's why they don't get the plague. And the village elder tells him it's just because they're isolated, which is like, yeah, bro, that's how disease works. Like, this guy's ahead of his time. And just being like, we're isolated. That's what's happening. It's Um, like reverse black death. Yeah, right? <laughs> right? Like, well, this time we're on the side of the of the, of the the isolated village. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, Vladimir basically takes, they take the village hostage. Right. Where he says, you know, you're gonna heal my girl, or we're gonna burn this place to the ground. Um, after just punching Hannah's sister straight in the gut, which was yeah. so unexpected, because that's right. not... That's you know? not cool. Yeah, and then to further solidify the message, he shoots a random guy in through the head. Yes, he and, do. And uh, the the healer woman steps forward and says that she'll heal the girl. And then that's when, you know, occupation of this village begins and there's a curfew and they're told that they can't leave. And uh, Hannah just, I mean... Uh, I think maybe seeing her sister get gut punched is really what, but she immediately is on the, we need to do something. Like we can't just, you know, right. And all the, the men folk in the village elder, like, that's not our way. That's not our way. We're just going to, you know, we'll pray. Thoughts and prayers. Yeah. 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 So they're having a meeting about what to do. The village elders immediately like, we're just gonna, we're going to pray. And, you know, and that's when Hannah steps into the room, which I feel like is already super against the rules. It seems like. Yeah. And she is giving a speech about how, they need to find the secret letters in mm-hmm. these holy texts and make the the golem to protect their village. And, of course, it doesn't go over well with anybody. And no. uh, she just kind of is further ostracized. Right. Um, after this, we find out that that punch caused her sister to miscarry. Yeah. And she needs to leave the village to find a doctor and Hannah gets just the most badass, like, 
I'm gonna yeah. fucking do something now. <laughs> yeah. And this is followed by my favorite scene in the whole movie. This, it's amazing. Like, it's actually fucking cool. Oh, it's so good. It was mm-hmm. like some, you know, I already said that there was like a serious lentil moment. There's now like a serious full metal alchemist moment. Yes! Where she like straight yes. up knuckle punches her way through the floor of the temple and starts doing all of her full yep. metal alchemist stuff with the letters and the measuring of the strings yep. and like oh dude it was so good yes. i loved this part so much and just i'm so thrilled that you just made a full metal alchemist reference that I delights am, me to know i did not realize that you were on board with the full metal alchemist i am obsessed oh did you watch brotherhood yes i think i liked it even better than the original i did too it was just like more complete yeah and yeah, i liked yeah, no, the I end better oh my god I, I can't believe we've never talked about this we'll have to talk yeah. about this more it's the best i have a Roy Mustang figurine that sits on my you table. You do? <laughs> yes. Oh my god, you're amazing. You're like the only it's... other person I know that like is obsessed with that, that show. I love that show. So, have <gasps> you seen the live action movie on Netflix? No, not yet. How is it? It's is it not good? bad. Is it really? Okay. <laughs> the reason I didn't watch it because I was I was like it, the Brotherhood was so perfect that I was just kind of like I'm good. But if it's worth watching, I will watch it. It's I'm just a retelling. It's More just a retelling of... in my life. It's a retelling of the the series. It's the same story as oh, the original. It's so good. It's just it's so good. live action. So it's a little bit weird to see all the characters live action, yeah. but I actually was I was ex- I went into it expecting to hate it and to think it was really dumb, but it actually I was impressed. Okay. Actually, You've sold me. I'm going to watch it cuz I loved it. Like I was like I like anime. Everything else I've watched I've been like, "Eh." But Right? <laughs> <laughs> like I saw the best one first, so I'm just kind of like and now I'm done. I'm just yeah, like, I'm kind of done. <laughs> like, I'm not even really that big of an anime fan. There's just a few that I really yeah. like, but like, obsessed with Full Metal. Alchemist. It's the best one. It's the best one. It's the best one. <sighs> Another thing we have in common learning shit all the time. <laughs> Which means when this scene came on where it was Hannah doing some real life alchemy. Yeah. Like, and in the style of the beginning of the, the series where they're like, it's not going right. You know, like you're just right. getting that idea of like, this isn't going to turn out the way you think it is. Right. I mean, it goes marginally better for Hannah. Well, I she keeps all say, of her but... limbs and she is in a suit of armor. So. And she doesn't have to see her mom inside out. Oh, God, that's right. Oh, my. I think it's time for me to rewatch that. Yeah. Oh, like, I am good. legitimately, legitimately upset that Roy Mustang is a cartoon. I'm so <laughs> attracted to him. him. <laughs> I'm so in love with him. I mean, he's pretty fucking great. <laughs> okay. Anyway. So, yes, we get the Star of David slash, like... Higher. Yeah. Love. So she goes out into the exchange. woods. Yeah, goes out into the woods, creates a golem, passes out, wakes up, and there's a depression in the earth where the golem was. Dude, there's now. a straight up vagina in the earth. Oh yeah, it is. The earth gave birth. It sure did. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, whoa, that's graphic. <laughs> How did I miss that? I don't know. It was. I mean, I even I saw a big hole, and I was just like, ooh, a big hole. But it is. Like, it's not just a hole. Like it is. It is, like, there is, like, labia minora and majora in that ground. And you know what's funny, too, is I was looking at that hole, and I was like, that's a weird shape to have just exploded out of the earth. That's a very, huh. Huh. There you go. Sometimes you I'm know. not. <laughs> sometimes I'm not good at symbolism. <laughs> I mean, I, I know a vagina when I see one, okay? <laughs> <laughs> Anywho. Anywho, what follows is a series of Hannah hearing noises, hearing someone running around up you know, upstairs, um, hearing a jingling of a doll that belonged Which to her Which is the sons. creepiest fucking doll. It's... Step aside, Annabelle. You have been replaced. But yeah, forever. By, by a football field. Dude, this the doll big, is gigantic oh my... black eyes. And then when you find out that it has hair, like it's not <sighs> just, you know? And <sighs> the part where, like, jumping ahead, when she gives it to the golem boy and she's like, this used to make my son feel better when he was Lies. upset. And I was like, how? By showing him there's something worse than whatever he's upset by? I think it's terrifying. Is it like, oh, I'm scared of the thunder, and then he looks at his doll and he's like, you know, the thunder's not that bad. There are worse things. <laughs> Correct. This worse fucking doll. Oh my god, that thing is terrifying. It's so, it's so creepy. Uh, but she goes up into the attic kind of place and she checks this trunk that has all of her son's stuff in it and the dolls in there so she doesn't know what the ringing is but you know we get that we got a series of oh it's just just barely out of shot you know yeah. and her husband kind something of something scampering a boot yeah her husband kind of hears a few things but not really 
you know, um, but his violin falls on the floor. And so he's going to pick it up. And then we get this, like, even though nothing happens, it's such a creepy shot where he's staring under the bed. And like, I kept expecting something yeah. to um, pop out, but instead yeah. he finds her birth control, her birth control yeah, <laughs> ointment liquid thing. Yeah. And, uh, they get in a fight and it's kind of, you know, we get a lot of, she's, just not she says she's not ready to lose another child so she's obviously not over the death of her son and doesn't want to have another kid because you know she's now paranoid she's gonna lose a child again somehow because this kid i mean we find out that he drowned it wasn't like oh he was a baby you Mm -hmm. know childbirth like he was a he was a child he was you know a fully grown well fully grown child like a seven-year-old that makes sense um and so the husband he leaves after like um i mean i get it it's 17th century lithuania but like the like you have been given a mission to god to have children and you are not doing it speech i was like don't let the fucking door hit you on the ass (laughs) 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 bye-bye my first thought was like oh man he'd be super disappointed in me (laughs) as a puff of fucking dust comes off my uterus Is this where she finds it? Or no, she's running She's running around in the woods looking for this golem boy, right? Right. Because she she hasn't quite seen it yet, but she knows the doll's gone, so she knows something's going on. Oh, she because she hears the horse being very emotionally disturbed. Yes. So and she then goes the out doll there shows up. And she mm. sees, well, she sees the little boy sitting kind of in a shadow. Mm. And then the horse knocks her over and gets out, and then she looks back and the boy's gone. So she's running through the woods looking for him and comes across the Gentiles who proceed to hang her. Jesus. And and in the, the worst way, I mean, it's already not great to be hung, but when you're the kind where you start on the ground and then are hoisted to hanging level, yeah, it's, it's so time. much worse than the quick, you know, the quick fall. But anyway. I, so I love the shot. Like, it totally made me think of, like, um, it, it contextualized it in a way where I was, it reminded me so much of, like, um other folk horror where you have like but it's like witches like mm-hmm. i thought of witches too <laughs> yep mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and so i was that was like where i was getting the really heavy folk horror vibes was during this scene yeah and i love when it shows her point of view how they made it kind of hazy because if you i mean like she would have been it would have affected her vision it's like you know yeah. I don't know what an example, what a relevant, I mean, I can't think of a relevant example. I mean, like, when you're getting wanna... your oxygen cut off. Like, yeah, and your, your vision, your vision starts blurs. to go. Yeah. And so all of a sudden she starts seeing men exploding, basically. Yeah. So just watching men get thrown about and explode. And then the rope cuts or is released or whatever, and she falls so far. Poor, this poor woman. I know. And when she is able to regain her breath and her vision, realizes she's surrounded by just blood-soaked earth and pieces of people. So awesome. It was, it was really, like, okay, so the blood effects are not great. Yeah. But There's the one body really effects, good one, though. There's one really good blood effect. There we'll is get one there. really good blood effect. <laughs> we'll get there. Uh, <laughs> but the scene, the, 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 the decision to go with body parts like this, I thought was really cool because it wasn't just, oh, there's bloody bodies. It was, like, pieces. And, like, yeah. this, this thing is literally just ripping people apart Mm -hmm. and i thought that was a really cool choice and i liked that yeah so she and this is when she first sees the little golem boy who's naked and covered in mud and his eyes are just black and as he's staring at her he gets the whites of his eyes like the pupils Mm -hmm. get smaller into human-y eyes yep and he like kind of pets her forehead so she pets his and she sees the marks etched into his skin that she wrote into the forehead of the yeah, golem which was so cool oh yeah um anyway she takes him back and puts him in the barn and gets him a shirt and then she goes into that she locks him in the barn and goes into the house and um is the husband there i forgot i'm forgetting what happened husband is bounced he is left because of that big fight and she right. this is when she finds him Oh, right, because she's like, oh, I need to get you some real clothes. So she goes to that. So previously unmentioned, there's a woman who has at least one child who doesn't have a husband who is on the, has her eye on, oh, Benjamin. Benjamin, Uh, yeah. Benjamin, uh, Hannah's husband. And there's this whole thing they say, it's been said multiple times that because he gave it seven years, 
he's now allowed to leave his wife without shame, basically. Like, he's mm-hmm. being encouraged to to leave his wife because she won't get pre- – or she hasn't gotten pregnant again, and then it turns out she won't. But, you know. And this other woman is very much like, hmm, seven years, you say. Well, you know, you get on, law- you get on well with my daughter. You want to come in? So she – Hannah goes over to this woman's house to, get, to steal clothing and sees her husband inside the house eating a meal, and she becomes very angry. And this is when we get shots that cut back and forth between her and the golem child that show that they're they're connected, you know, yeah. as she's, you know, he's mimicking her emotions. Um, he's getting upset. Mm-hmm. She ends up going back to the house and getting a knife, which I wasn't really sure what her intention here, because it, it, I know she was angry about the woman, but then I don't know. I, I, couldn't feel t- like I thought she was, was going to actually... hurt herself. I actually think it's a feedback loop. I think they're they like they feel what oh. the other one is feeling, and so she's getting angry, which is making him angry, and like so bringing did, out his violent urges, and they're would, making her violent. That would make some other things that happen make sense. Yes. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, because right after this, she's standing there with a knife, and then he's walking so slowly and wobbly towards her, and it's super creepy, and um, she drops the knife, and his kind of. Like, she's, you know, looking at him and holding him. And this is the part where all of a sudden she gets re- that really evil look on her face again, right? Just, yeah. like, all out of the blue. Yeah. Um, And I believe I might have skipped the part where the healer woman finds him, right? Or is that after? Um, I mean, I think she's it bathing doesn't... him. This is all kind of mixed together. It's yeah. fine. She's bathing him. And the healer woman sees the golem and knows what he is. And she holds out her palm and she's got the slice on it because she's the little girl from the beginning. Yeah. And she is speaking to it like as if it's not like every golem is an individual being, but that it's like one universal evil energy. Yeah, we've met before, which I thought was really cool. Yeah, which I, yeah. I this is one of those situations where I'm wondering if we actually had a little more familiarity with this with the with the Kabbalah and with things like 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 there's some stuff I feel like we're missing as like people who don't know a ton. Like they yeah. they make a reference to her like making a pact with some sort some, of entity yeah. which I've never heard of before and I don't know if that is movie creation or if it is a part of the mythology that is like well known. Yeah. Um I don't know. I did yeah, I think I agree. I agree with you. But um, I did like I liked the idea of it whether it's mm-hmm. part of the regular mythology or not. The idea that it's like she has tapped into some sort of force or like made some sort of bargain, some sort of faustian bargain is a cool idea. Yeah. Yeah, I liked it. Mm-hmm. Um and as the the healer woman is con- uh, confronting the golden boy, you can see him getting vis- visibly upset. His eyes go all black again and whatnot. And as she's leaving, the the healer woman whose name I I know she has a name. They Perla. Perla. Mm-hmm. That's right. I remember when he said it, and I thought, oh, that's a really pretty name. It is a good name. I really like that name. Mm-hmm. Um, but she tells Hannah, you know, you need to get the parchment out of its mouth and destroy it. And um. Anyway, the golem boy murders the woman who wants Hannah's husband by stabbing her, and then later we find out, like, fully cutting off an arm. Yeah. Can we and, go back for one second? Yeah, yeah. There's one thing I want to talk about before we move on. And there's a scene where it's the same scene Perla tells her, like, you have to take the, the thing out of its mouth. It's not going to die like other children. And so when she leaves, Hannah actually holds the golem under the water long enough to drown it. And now she this? has an undrownable son. And yeah. Yes. And so, like, the, the reason I wanted to kind of go back to this is it's just a little moment, but I feel like it's one of those moments that speaks to the fact that this movie actually has a lot more to say than, like, the schlocky sort of vibe that you might think it would have based on the, like, press materials or, like, the cover, like, the marketing materials. Not press materials. Marketing materials. Like, there, it actually is kind of getting at some interesting ideas around grief mm-hmm. and, like, um... Her finding the golem is not just necessarily a golem that's like a savior that's going to fight, be like a violent monster that like protects them, but like actually she has created an embodiment of something that she will allow her to kind of finally deal with her mourning of her child because she Mm -hmm. has an unkillable child. Like there's some safety that this creation creates that allows her to like actually tap into these emotions because we find out that she hasn't even cried over the loss of her child. And so it's just a kind of an interesting chilling moment because she's holding this child underwater, like very calmly and like singing. But also I feel like it, like I said, it, it speaks to the fact that this movie actually has a lot more to say than you might necessarily yeah. assume. 
Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Go ahead. No, Proceed. No, no. Um. So we, you know, he murders Sarah. 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 Mm-hmm. Sure. I don't know her name. Sarah. Uh, he murders Sarah, and everybody thinks it's the Gentiles, but it's right. actually. But Hannah knows. Like right. she, she knows it was the Golem boy. Um, previous to this, her sister's husband had come to Benjamin with mm-hmm. a with a gun. And Benjamin been like, where'd you get that? No, that's not the way. Blah, blah, blah. Um, fast forward to Sarah being murdered. And he yeah. goes to, I can't remember what the husband's name is. I knew it when I watched Jacob. It. Jacob. I kept trying to, I don't know. I kept trying to say Ishmael. I know that's not great culturally <laughs> not for not, me to think I that. I mean, you know, it's kind of the Eustis of, of <laughs> Hebrew names. <laughs> Anyway. Uh, yeah. I mean, it definitely accelerates things in ways that are not great. Yeah. Um, so he goes to, oh my god, I already forgot his name. Jacob. Jacob. He goes to Jacob and he's like, alright, it's time. And in a very poorly thought out plan, they decide to attack the men with a single gun that none of them are very good at using because they don't use guns. Right. And they're attacking men who regularly use guns. It just didn't seem... I feel like... I feel... When he was like, oh, it's time, you know, we have to do something, I assumed that meant, like, we're gonna have a, a meeting and talk about a plan, perhaps, and not just immediately, like... Yeah. But right this now. was, like, the realest scene ever, like, where you see him, like, fumbling with the gun. Like, he's not... He doesn't turn into an action hero. He's someone who does not use guns, doesn't know how to use guns, so when he uses a gun, he uses it poorly. And, I, and, like, gets disarmed immediately, <laughs> which I actually thought was a nice touch of realism. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So they fight. A, a, a scuffle ensues, mm. which results in uh, Benjamin killing a man and Jacob getting killed because Vladimir, there, it's right outside of the healer woman's house where Vladimir is and, and his daughter and all that. Mm-hmm. Vladimir comes out. He's going to do some business. And... Uh, Benjamin's getting choked out by a gentleman with an axe whose head just suddenly explodes. Yeah. And again, like, <clears throat> I liked the exploding heads yeah. and, and stuff. The effect wasn't great. The, like, the actual CGI wasn't very good. But I liked that they kept exploding heads. Yeah. Every time a head exploded, I was psyched. I was like, oh, I thought you were going to use that. And, you know, like, I kept feeling like, oh, they're only going to do a few. Right. They exploded a lot of heads and they snatched a lot of hearts out of chests. So but I, really I actually happy. think it was a good strategic choice, even if the CGI wasn't great. Because, like, I, seeing a kid run around with, like, a knife or something or fighting with them physically would have been ridiculous to look at. Yeah. Like, it would have really undercut, like, any tension. <laughs> this, you know what I mean? Or any... It's like when Chucky is, like, fighting people, you're like... Yeah. Yeah. So they avoid it by having him be able to just sort of, like... I don't know, just uh, explode heads, you know? Like, he's yeah. able to just... Because then we're gifted with this super awesome shot where she just, Hannah's just standing there calmly with her her hand on her magic golem's shoulder. And she's just, you know, doesn't say it, but the sense is very like, all right, go do business. And he like just yeah. starts exploding people and he gets shot and she, you know, she's reacting physically to getting shot, but it's not stopping him. And I thought it was, it was such a weird, like, I know it's, it's. Maybe not as badass as I thought it was, but it seemed very, like, X-Men-y to me. Yeah, yeah, I can see cool. that. Yeah. Um, but then, as the Gollum boy approaches Vladimir, his daughter, who's visibly better, because now she's awake and walking, appears in the doorway, and Hannah stops him and tells Vladimir, you know, take your daughter and go. And in what I thought was maybe not... My favorite reaction was as they're turning back and going back to the village and all of a sudden all the people are like, our hero, you know, and nobody's at all concerned that this child is exploding heads with his mind and they all want to like touch him and things. Mm -hmm. And I don't know. I feel like my reaction would have been different. Mine would have been like, well, Well, fly under that kid's radar. The mythology is that the golem is there to protect them, but we, but uh, people like Perla know, because Perla warns her like he, he didn't just, he wasn't just our savior. He also killed the people that we loved but i don't know that that's as well known okay so they may actually see him as like this mythical savior mm-hmm. which makes it slightly hopefully le- i don't know maybe don't that know. helps but it does give us the really creepy scene that i like that comes next when ah. benjamin's going back to his house and everybody's just standing completely still and like whispering in his yard yeah that was creepy 
Yeah. And I liked it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so Benjamin and Hannah kind of have a reunion scene where she's made dinner. She's trying to make them be a family. The little boy's at the table again, but he seems... I don't know if it's that... I mean, I... It came across to me that he was jealous of the fact that Hannah was paying attention to Benjamin, but I, at the same time, I don't know how that would... I mean, would that make sense? Because so far, his only feelings have been feeding off of what Hannah's feeling. Um, right? I didn't get the sense that he was jealous. I just think that he is a blank slate. Because then he stabs himself in the leg. Oh, that's right. Oh, maybe. Maybe he is punishing her. But then right after that, he, like, hands Benjamin the violin and... Well, I think Seems maybe he cool is again. getting angry, but we see that the the violin has an effect on him. Oh. Like, it has a calming effect. Okay. Can I just tell you about the next scene in context of all this? The next scene is, like, really creepy. Yeah, it's the one scene I was really hoping wouldn't happen. Yeah. And then it did. Yeah. It super did. I mean. Because this was going on, and I was like. I get that that's, he's not really a child and not really her son, but still creepy. <laughs> I mean, I assume we're both talking about the scene where with the really passionate sex, yes, right? Yes. Yeah. And we've established that Hannah and the boy are emotionally and physically connected. Yes. And and there's some implications here that I want I'm not comfortable with. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I agree. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he doesn't like he's not like he's reacting. We're not getting like a scene from the witch where like the kid is like visibly having an orgasm and then right. dies, but still there's implications involved based yeah. on previous facts that just make you think i mean a they just bit. underscored that fact with the leg stab right <laughs> yeah and i remember like you know it was after that and then he's turning to go and i was like please don't do it don't do please it please don't do it don't and then she it. put his hand her hand on his chest and i was like no no please don't we don't need this <laughs> we don't need no one needs this no but i mean so it doesn't take. Maybe it they only feel each other's pain. Maybe let's go with that. That's the explanation. Okay. Yeah. The negative feeling. I mean, there is evidence to that, right? There's no evidence to the other way, and there's true. evidence true, that true. they only feel each other's like negative emotions and feelings. True. So we're gonna yeah. go with that. Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, but Perla shows up. And she's gonna, her plan being to take the parchment out of the boy's mouth and destroy the golem. And he's pretending to be asleep, but he doesn't sleep because he's not human. Instead, Pearly gets murdered. And then we get a real, I really loved this shot. The one that was looking down at Hannah and Benjamin while they were sleeping. And the blood drip onto the pillow next yeah. to him. And the way it just so, like starts to roll. I thought that was a cool, sh- a cool shot. It I is. really like that shot. It definitely is. And then going back up and seeing the blood beating between the floorboards. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I really like that. Um, but then Benjamin discovers Perla's body in the trunk that previously held their son's things. And he starts, you know, he's trying to tell Hannah, like, we have to get out of here. Like, this is bad news. He killed someone and she doesn't believe him, obviously. And so he goes to his father, the elderly rabbi the rabbi i guess i don't know the, the village elder the village leader tells him what's going on tells him that he thinks the golem is also what killed sarah so they decide to go and destroy the golem uh by luring it out with music and into the temple where they're going to ritual ritual it away i guess yes like yeah mm-hmm which starts to work, and Hannah realizes it. She's sleeping. She's being physically affected as the boy's being physically affected. She wakes up, realizes what's happening. She's trying to get into the the temple to save the child. At the same time, pre- simultaneous, you know, in the next village over, Vladimir's daughter has died, and he's mad. So they get a mob going. Yeah. At the same time that Hannah's real, you know, trying to get into the temple, realizing what they're doing to the golem the Gentiles descend and just start burning things. And the... Okay, so she's standing out there. She's watching all this chaos happen. She sees Vladimir riding towards her. She kind of accepts that she's going to die. Yeah. So she kind of turns her back and just says, you know, a few words to her son and just gets cracked on the back of the head with a torch. And this is what 
it activates the golem who just starts murdering people. Yes, and this, this is, this is we, the best blood scene. This is when we get the best blood scene, <laughs> where he takes the ceremonial horn that the rabbi was using to in this ritual and shoves it into his gut, and it spurts blood like it's a fountain. So great! I gotta was, say, he like caps him basically. Yeah. <laughs> and like again, blood effect not great, but the like conceptually, the idea, I was like, yes, top top notch. Yes, very absolutely. good. Very good. Golf clap. Very nice, gentlemen. <laughs> Excellent job, Go yes. Paz Brothers. Nice that was a, work. That was a good brainstorm for you. Good job. <laughs> um, basically, what follows is just a lot of murder. Yeah. Um, the golem is released and just starts murdering indiscriminately. Yeah. He snatches Vladimir's heart straight out of his rib cage. Which, I mean, I know this is like the fifth time I've said it. CGI effect, not great. The idea, I loved all the ideas. Yeah. It was just, you know, but sometimes you don't restraint. have money. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes you don't have the money for the effect, but I appreciate that you used what you had, and it wasn't just run-of-the-mill gore. It was, like, really cool, you know. I yeah. Know. I liked it. There was a lot of heart snatching that came after this, and I liked that. I thought that was cool. Um, I forgot to mention that earlier, when the golem brings Hannah Sarah's heart, like a cat bringing home half a yeah. wizard. Yeah. Like, look what I got. <laughs> Did this for you. (laughs) Not great. Yeah. So during the scene, Hannah starts realizing she's seen the golem snatching hearts out of her village people, too. Like, it's not just going after the enemies. It's going after everyone. And that's when she has the realization of, like, oh, yeah, no, this thing's not great. And this can't happen. Um, And then she passes out. Um, When she comes to, it's the same scene. It's just a lot of fire and bodies and blood and it seems like she and then a benjamin appears and it seems she and benjamin are the only survivors at this point and the golem and the golem is standing there in the smoke and benjamin's trying to get her to come to him but she goes to the golem instead and holds him calls him joshua her son's name Mm -hmm. it gives a speech about how she needs to let him go removes the parchment and just you know he's a child you don't need to could have just, you know, I don't know why you had to take it out with your mouth. <laughs> I mean, it was a kiss goodbye. <laughs> it wasn't like tongue. Yeah, I don't know. It made me uncomfortable. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> Only because, like, it took me out, it, like, for some reason, it took me out of the movie where I was like, ugh. She's not. That boy has a mother who's on set right now and watching this happen. Yeah, I guess. I guess you're right. Mm. But anyway, she removes the parchment and the golem crumbles away and she releases her grief. Yes. And she and Jacob, or Jacob, now now I can remember his fucking name when he's no longer <laughs> in the movie. <laughs> she and Benjamin go off presumably to live very traumatized lives yeah. where they both lie awake at night staring at the ceiling and not talking about that one thing that they yeah. don't ever talk remember about. Remember that time that the golem that you summoned killed my dad with a horn (laughs) right that sucks (laughs) that was a bad day (laughs) yeah Mm, not great i imagine that like they moved to a new village don't really talk much people are like oh you know so do you guys have any kids and they both just kind of like no (laughs) never Yeah, this is yeah. Uh, the the witness protection program for like former golem summoners is uh pretty intense. Oh my god, can you imagine that village? It's just a bunch of really quiet, traumatized people who don't talk about children. Right. Or I guess it's not even just children. I mean, the, I mean, the this first is golem where, we saw this is how the village from um, Midsummer started. Oh god. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, but then in the very final scene, because you know, there's got to be something. Uh, we see the little parchment rolling his way across all of the, all of the gore and the viscera and the fire, and we're like, "Where are you going, little buddy?" And he ends up at the feet of Sarah's daughter, who picks it up in her hands and presumably wanders off to go make herself a new mommy. And yeah. that's the end. Yep, that's I liked it. that ending. Yeah, it was good. The, yeah. Like the like the it persists. Yep. You know what I mean? Like, maybe that all the Kabbalah books got burned up, but it continues because she has the little parchment. Yeah, and apparently that was the hardest part. So now all yeah. she needs to do is learn how to read, get her to someone to steal her some books. I mean, and she's got another. Yeah, pretty much. She needs some, some string and some dirt. 
from yep. untilled for uh, untilled uh, forest and she's good to go yep yeah so what did you think of this movie I thought it was really good. I mm-hmm. really enjoyed it. I thought, I mean, again, we were both thrown a little by that first opening Ooh. voiceover scene. But, I mean, there really wasn't anything other than, you know, the the CGI blood wasn't great. But other than that, there really wasn't anything else that kind of let me down. You know, and I enjoyed, I really thought this movie was dope. And then maybe, maybe my spirits were buoyed so much by that awesome cre- golem creation montage stuff mm-hmm. that was so cool. It was really cool. Yeah, definitely. This like all the pictures and diagrams of like the symbols on the head and the like geom yeah, it was cool. Yeah, there's something about a, a summoning montage that I feel like is is it works and is you rarely get to experience it. Yeah. And I also I mean it was also helped that it looked really cool. Like when she mm-hmm. lit the fire on the Star of David and like all of that stuff. Like it was it was interesting to see this symbolism that we are familiar with in Judaism, but like through this sort of like supernatural lens was really cool. I mean, it starts with her punching her way through a floor. Yeah. There was, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was totally like, yeah. Liberated Yentl. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like this movie a lot. Um, yeah. I was, like I said, like you, I was worried with that opening scene, but um, as soon as we kicked over into the, the, the new, the second setting, like I was kind of getting like, Obviously, it's not The Witch, but, like, that kind of vibe. Like, I love sort of pastoral horror in general. There's something about, like, an isolated community that is, like, rooted in, like, ritual and religion as, like, a setting for a horror movie that always speaks to me. It's why I love folk horror so much. Um, But I, but on top of all of that, which all, all of that worked for me, I also, I kind of, this movie to me is sort of, like, this movie is to anti-Semitism as rape revenge is to sexual assault. You know what I mean? Like this is the anti-Semitism rape revenge movie. Mm-hmm. Like they they're violated when these people come into their their village and um they're able to like muster this power and violently get retribution for the violation in a way that is like really cathartic in the way that some rape revenge movies are. I have a very I don't love all rape revenge movies. In fact, I hate most of them. But when they're good, they're very good. And this movie kind of reminded me of that. And I thought in light of current political, social stuff around the rise of anti-Semitism and like American culture and European culture, this movie was very timely. And I could see why this would be a cathartic movie to watch, especially for people of like who are of, of like a... a Jewish heritage would find this movie to be very cathartic. Um, but I also think there's like a lesson in that, like violence in re- violence in return for violence doesn't always necessarily work out yeah, for you. The same violence, violence begets violence. Yes. There's definitely some of that stuff, but then also anytime horror addresses grief, I always think it's an interesting lens to look at, look through, look at it through. And so I, I like that theme when it shows up in horror movies. So I like that about this movie. I don't know. I really like this movie. I did too. I liked it quite a bit. I thought um, it could have been really hokey, but it was done so so sincerely, and all of the performances uniformly were quite good. Like, I found myself being drawn into it despite its sort of budgetary limitation. Yeah, they they spent the money in the right places, and that especially around like set building and costuming. Mm-hmm. Those are the kinds of things like we talked about this last time where nobody had layers in the fifties oh, yeah. and I was completely pulled out of the movie by her modern hairstyle. I thought they did a really good job of creating like a authentic looking 17th century Eastern European village. I mean, at least to what I imagine it's like, right? Yeah. So you're able to kind of be immersed in this world and yeah. And then obviously anytime I'm learning new sort of new folklore, new mythology, that's fascinating to me because I like something that is fresh. And I thought that this was, I've heard of golems before. Like they do show up in things like, I think there's like a supernatural episode where there's a golem that shows up, but um, I had not seen anything that written and created by actual Israeli filmmakers about it so yeah, i didn't I, I i knew of golems and the idea behind how a golem is made or whatever i had no idea that it was it was a religious you know like a part of a religion i thought it was right. just like you know like vampires or wendigos or something that's like it's a thing right although i guess a wendigo is also a, a folklore yeah creature. 
Frankenstein. That's that's a better one. I thought it was more like a Frankenstein genre creature where it was just right. a monster that someone thought up and made stories about. I didn't realize that it had a, you know, a folklore background to it. Yeah. I would love to see more like Jewish horror. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm guessing mm-hmm. that there's probably all kinds of really cool ideas that could be explored and like there is a lot I mean like there's certainly a lot of history like Jewish history like that could be worked out talking through the horror lens I think that would be cool yeah yeah I'd be into it mm-hmm yeah I really liked this a lot this was another yeah. good one another winner back to back good selections Mars thank you between this and what was the other one it was uh the dark yes I couldn't think of what it was called oh so good we've gotten two winners in a row yeah I was worried at the beginning of this one, too. I was a little worried, too. (laughs) Awesome. Okay, so if someone were going to watch this and wanted to pair it with a beverage, an adult beverage, what would you, our Extreme Queen Somalia, suggest? Uh, So you know that I never really go into this feeling super confident, and then, you know, I'd say 75% of the time it works out. Uh, But this one is inspired... Because it tastes and looks like it came out of the earth. Oh. And because the label looks sort of spooky, spooky ceremony ritual. Uh-huh. But it's going to throw you when I say it. Because okay. these are not things you think of when um, when you say Jägermeister. Whoa, Jägermeister. See, I was I thought for sure it was going to be Manischewitz. That, well, that and Jägermeister's German and that, you know, that whole Eastern European, yeah. you know, kind of woodsy, folklore vibe. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. Jägermeister it is. And, you know, because it's an herbal liqueur, it totally tastes like something that you <laughs> might find in the woods. Like Perla might have <laughs> brewed it up in her <laughs> yeah. little shack. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, I'll take it. Jägermeister it is. And it'll get you fucking wasted. And you'll feel like you'll... somebody shoved a horn in your stomach and you let yep. out. <laughs> in the beginning, it'll seem like a good idea. And then at some point, you realize you've made a mistake. You have really done some violence to yourself <laughs> and all that you hold dear. <laughs> and it doesn't just take out your enemies. It takes out your loved ones, too. Ooh, yeah, no kidding. I've made some poor decisions on Jägermeister. Yeah, I think there was a good year in my life where I was only drinking Jaeger and Red Bull, and I don't know how my body survived that year. It's yeah. got to be all the hot dogs and whiskey that led up to that one year. Yeah. Would you say Jaegermeister and Red Bull? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yes. I was actually, my Jaeger, I was going to say it, before I dated my current partner, I had one last, like, totally ill-advised romance um, that was so fun. but terrible i mean like this person is a mess they are an absolute fucking mess but like they introduced me to jaeger bombs and we dated for like a summer and like it was just the summer of jaeger bombs and like i did all kinds of dumb shit and like should never have been with this person but it was fucking fun man it was it is for a time for a time it can't be a way of life. It needs to be like a vacation. Like you take a vacation from life on Jaeger, Bob, Jaeger, yeah. Jaeger and Red Bull, but it cannot be a way of life. And for this person, I think it is. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, I suspect it is. Um, yeah. Well, I just having. I had a little slideshow of like bad decisions and also like fun times, and I'm like, do I want to say these out loud? No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm going to open a Truly real quick. All right. Hold for can. All right. I'm- okay. So for those of you at home who uh, hopefully watched the column before we spoiled fucking everything and you had some thoughts on it or um, think of something, you have a, a Jägermeister story you want to share, you can get in touch with us lots of ways. You can email me or you can email us at rachel at zombiegirls.com or you can find us on Facebook and send us a message there at the Zombie Girls page, me and Mars. We'll be cruising around on that page, um, and so we would love to hear from you and reply. And if you're enjoying the show, please do review us on the iTunes. So I guess that just leaves our pick for next episode. And I have been through some choices, and I've, oh. I think I've settled on something. But if you've seen it or if it doesn't sound interesting to you, I have backups. Our pick next time is actually going to be on Amazon Prime. We're dipping away from from Netflix again. Oh, that's always exciting, right? Directed by a woman, so 
I don't know if that matters to you. It is directed by Mitzi Perrone. Two drug dealers on the lam seek refuge inside their mentally unstable friend's mansion. But in order to stay, they have to participate in her elaborate and increasingly dangerous game of permanent make-believe. Yeah, I'm into that. Does that sound good? Yep. Okay, I have not seen it. So it may not be, I don't know. I saw the trailer for it a while ago, and the trailer looked fucking bonkers. I've been wanting to see it forever. So um, hopefully it's good. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm excited for this. Okay. Yes. Good, 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 good. Okay. So Braid, anything else before we want to wrap it up? No, I don't think so. All right. Well, then in that case, Mars, you want to take us out? Thanks for coming back. Go watch Braid on Amazon Prime, not on Netflix. And uh, we'll see you next time. Bye, everybody. Good night, folks. <laughs> okay. Watched uh, the never-ending story, not like super recently, but you know, within the last year or so. Uh-huh. And there's a part where it's like after. Fantasia's, you know, whatever, been destroyed, and the childlike empress is handing Bastion that one grain of sand. Yeah. And he's like, oh, the story's over. And she's like, none of the stories are over, not as long as you're there to tell them. And I've watched that movie a million times, and this last time I watched it, and I was like, oh, fuck. (laughs) You recognize the symbiotic relationship in your own life? (laughs) Yeah. And then I was like... Shit, I gotta, I can't, because there were like, at that point, you know, I, this was before I took those three months to, to write and before I was really being serious about it and stuff. So I had all these stories that I kind of had half started or like, just kind of like, oh, I'm just going to put this down and probably never pick it up again. And then I was like, oh my God, have I doomed like hundreds of people to just live in a kind stasis? Of, kind of. They're all just like, well, they're, maybe they're like in a, a groundhog day where they're just repeating, 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 repeating. Oh my God. I know. And then I was like. I felt guilty. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> well, I mean, whatever gets you to finish your writing, right? I know. You, Every time I sit down, I'm like, no, I want to watch a movie. If it feels life or death, maybe, you know, it'll help you mot- get motivated to wrap it up. Because now every time I feel lazy and I'm like, ugh. I don't want to think today. I just want to do whatever. And then I'm like, oh, I can't do that to them. They deserve better than that. <laughs>